Jennifer Lund. It has passed now. Minister, we we missed you in the house. We missed you in the house on Wednesday. Who's wearing PJs? Share the eyes, please. Yes, hello, DM. How are you? I'm fine. Who's wearing PJs? Share the eyes. Hey! I'm not wearing PJs. This is not PJs. <laughs> <laughs> Minister, you're not wearing PJs. Can you guys show what you are seeing? Somebody who came to, 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 to the person who is in the meeting. She just appeared with gowns and PJs and ooh. <laughs> hey, how's James? How come when now you're sitting outside when we are freezing like this? I mean, you know, Miss Lelangapaya, So I like I can see that you are outside. There's no way I can sit outside. It's freezing here in Joburg. I up up here, cheese and bell. You are lucky. In the house, freezing. So I go, I went outside. Yeah, it's freezing. In the house too. Yeah, we don't have money, so all your your eating and whatever you have to look at the 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 uh, ESCO meter going slowly but surely and uh, and, and uh, choose. <laughs> 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 for COVID. Salary salary now have gone down. COVID. Yes, I also I need a You gave us five minutes. We are women, we are connecting to each other. It's done now. Five minutes is over. They say five minutes is over. Okay, bye. Are we back, Lindy? Yes, we are. We are, Chairperson. We are here, Chairperson. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I'm I think everyone is everyone is CEO CEO Ms. Mamela it's very important to just highlight the the, the 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 last slide in terms of where we are with the with the process. I indicated that the master record in terms of uh, the actual applications from the 13 million applications that we received after cleaning up that data, the master record gives us 6.3 million uh, um, uh, uh, data sets. From there, we then uh, take out uh, the number that we actually clean up, uh, which we verify in our own systems, and we verified 3.5 million from the overall uh, number that we have. And of those, of the 3.5, has uh, actually uh, been declined because those are people that may have means in other uh, other programs uh, and still have applied for this particular program. 
So when you look at that chair, uh, you, it's important to highlight that the numbers have improved significantly this week because for those numbers that have come from SARS, the people that have been approved for payment are 666,000. And in terms of uh, the budget that we had uh, for the month of May, it was meant to be 750,000 based on the allocation that we got uh, from the Minister of Finance, which therefore means that Chair, we're already at 88% uh, of the target uh, as that to date, even though the month is almost. We have uh, done the payment starting at the beginning of the week, and we believe that by the time uh, we finish the weekend, we would have done not only the 100,000 payments, but that we would have been able to send to, to get feedback beyond that uh, from the people that have actually uh, uh, needing to commit uh, to, to commit uh, in terms of uh, the information for, for their for their some of the information that we don't have. You, you we send information normally to SARS in in batches. And while awaiting and in many instances we find that 50% of them actually fall off and then we start then sending out the money. It, it has been a slow start, Chair, but it's really promising. We're excited about where we are and the more channels we have, uh, the easier we can make sure that we actually get the money to everybody that needs to get the money. It's getting there, Chair. It's been painful, Thank but you. we're getting it. Chair, I want to use the last 20 seconds of the CEO, if I may, but just highlighting a very important point, which is um, around uh, the fact that we're exploring uh, the transition from food parcels uh, to vouchers. Uh, as I indicated previously, and I want to highlight that, uh, of course, food parcels can uh, be a logistical um, a, a nightmare. At times it can be cumbersome. Uh, it's expensive and indeed uh, can be labor intensive. Uh, and it also limits the choice that uh, to which recipients uh, 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 have. Uh, but the vouchers part is, it can be much quicker. Um, it can provide choice. Uh, it can assist us in terms of managing the data much easier. Uh, and we'll then be able to, uh, to have an inventory. But the most important and critical part is that it provides positive spin-offs for local economic development where money is circulating in various communities Thank and so you, this stimulates local economic development. I thought I'd just Thank highlight you, that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Honorable members who are living on borrowed time, can I ask honorable members to do no more than two minutes? Do we agree? Yes, Chair. We agree, Chair. I want to repeat this. Do we agree? Yes, Chair. Yes, Chair. Yes, Chair. Can I get hands? Thank you very much. I only heard a yes, yes. That's lovely. We're living on borrowed time. The hands, Lindwe, give me the names. Okay. Uh, thank you very much, Chairperson. I have uh, the following members who indicate their interest to ask questions. Number one is Member Stock, uh, Member Masango, Member Eris, Member Alexander, Member Nguenya, Member Sukars, Member Fanda Merbe, Member Priet. I'll, 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 I'll forward the names to you, Chair. Uh, uh, you said Member Alexander? <laughs> member Nguenya. Yes. Member Sukars. Yes. Member Fanda Merve. 
Yes. Uh, and member Brigitte. Member Brigitte. Member Brit? Brit, uh, Brigitte. Brit. Member Brigitte. Okay. Yes. And I've just saw Member Manganye also wants to make Thank a you. contribution. Member Manganye? The last, yeah, and, the last. And, uh, the last second term. Chairperson. And Member Pilangulu? Aye, aye, aye. Member Pilangulu? Yes. Oh, the hands. Who's uh, behind? The last person who's going to speak will be the chair of the NCOP to make her remarks. This is the last list, honorable members. Are we in agreement? Yeah, Thank you very much. Two minutes each. Stop. Uh, thank you very much, honorable uh, chairperson. I'm going to be very quick. I've got just one question on the presentation of SASA around the SRD uh, program, the grant issue. Just want to find out what is going to happen to uh, the the people or the, the, the beneficiaries or the community members that have applied for the grant about uh, maybe three weeks or a month ago. And then they have not yet been approved. They have not yet received their payment. That's the first thing. And then secondly, I also want to know those that did not have access to the uh, internet facilities uh, to be able to make their applications for the SRT grant. And then the month of May has already passed. Now, if they are going to make their application in June, does it mean that the department is going to uh, do a retrospective payment to those beneficiaries? Or they are only going to be paid from May, I mean from June onward? It means that they have lost uh, the month that they've already passed. So what is going to happen? Can I please get that clarity? Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you, Chair. Um, I just want to ask one question from Sasa. I saw that they have a sort of process of how they are processing their the application up after the application has been approved. And I would like to know if they could send us a picture, like a picture of what the messages look like so that we know what to tell people when they ask. And the other thing that I wanted to ask from the department side is that there seems the, the, the presentations this morning and the, and the, and the presentation that um, uh, the DTG uh, did this also, there seems to be a situation where the department is referring to coordination and consultation with the NGO sector all the time, but the reality on the ground is proving differently. And also one is very saddened by the fact that the minister uh, on, on numerous times keeps calling the genuine concerns of the NPOs and, and, and CPOs on the ground noise if when they are saying, can they please get some help? And one wonders then whether this is going to be a, at any time be resolved, but one also is 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 encouraged by the by the MEC acting MEC for social development in in Gauteng who have withdrew, who has withdrawn the the guidelines. I really am pleading with the minister and the department to please uh, not call concerns noise, but work with the with the NPO sector. Thank you, Thank Chair. Thank you, Honourable Aris. 
thank you very much, Cheche. I'm very worried because every time the CEO of Sasa come with new stories. Last week in the portfolio, she, she told us that the Sasa grants will be paid on a weekly basis. Yet, ten people has been paid um, this 350 rand. My concern is that this she has indicated these 650,000 people that need to be paid these these uh, social uh, this 350 rand. Does Sasa have the capacity? to you know to, to 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 pay these people because it is really worrisome and i want to know what do they have in place while people are waiting for this 350 rand since they have stopped um these food parcels and then chair my other concern is that um the sasa is still operating with limited staff in in mandansani in the eastern cape only one third of Sasa workforce are currently at work. Uh, the only service so far, 40 people per day, and people sleep outside of the offices of Sasa. There's a possibility that people can get sick outside. They become victims of crime and everything. Uh, they can be raped, they can be killed outside Sasa offices. Who are going to take responsibility? Why can't Sasa embark on working in terms of shift in order to assist our people? Why must Sasa offices still not, why is Sasa offices still not fully functional? Then, Chair, on the issue of child support grant, the child support grant was just increased for May. And then afterwards, it's 500 caregivers, uh, a caregiver grant. What's the reason why the child, because it means that the child support grant was not increased. And why is it that all of a sudden it becomes a, a caregiver grant while it was mentioned that it is um, a child support grant increase? Thank you, Chair. Honorable uh, Alexander. Thank you. Thank you, Chairperson. I'm getting straight to it. Um, when will the department of the minister issue the oh, social? Alexander yourself. Yeah, Alexander is my first name, Chair. Okay. Yes. Okay, fine. And I'm assuming that's the only one here. Um, so, when will the department issue the social development directive for public participation, and where will the funds come from to implement these new directives? Also, um, how many midmix has the department held since the start of COVID-19? And then on the issue of ECDs, my experience with the sector has been a little different. Um, the, some of the ECD sector, they are ready to open. Um, I've read um, in-depth proposals and notes, and so many of them are ready to open. And earlier this year, Chairperson, we had a, a presentation on the effects of stunting and the importance of the first thousand days of a child's life. Parents go back to work on Monday and they cannot leave their children at home, nor can they forfeit their jobs. And I fear, my fear is that if we wait for level one, there's going to be no ECD sector to go back to. And we would have unraveled all the years work of getting ECDs registered and compliant as many more ECDs will pop up and be unregistered. And if we think that ECD sector in the informal areas are not operating, they are still very much operational. And then on the topic of ECDs, I'd like to know that if um, a directive was sent out nationally for the ECDs to still, for the subsidized ECDs to still have their kitchens open if they are still receiving their subsidies um, for, the, for the ECD. Then lastly, my question maybe to Peter, if you can maybe clarify the knock and drop, because uh, I want to find out, are you expecting NGOs 
to carry 300, 300 plus containers on them and physically go to each house to knock and drop each of the containers because not even our South African Springbok foundations are doing that. They are bringing people out to the courtyards and they are lining them up, adhering to social distancing, and they are giving them a food parcel. So my question basically is, can I still cook my 100-litre pot and can people still come and collect their plate of food from me or will I be issued a fine from SAPS? And then lastly, Chairperson, I would just like to find out, since the brands of the products and the food parcels are changing due to availability of stock, how are these government food parcels identifiable to this, the recipient? How does the recipient know they have now is, been issued a government food parcel sheet? Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Chair. I will not be long. Um, I just needed to find out on the progress of hiring the extra 1,800 social workers. How far are they in terms of progress? When will we see these 1,800 social workers on board, all of them? And uh, I was hoping that Umam Mumalo will give us in a, a report on, on gender-based violence uh, during this time of COVID as well. I'm disappointed that there's no report on that at all. So I'm requesting that in our next meeting, can we please have a, a detailed report on, on, on GBV and what has been happening and what has the, 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 the department playing as a role in making sure that these women and these children are safe. Um, my other thing uh, in terms of what the DM has raised, uh, speaking to NGOs, I would request, please, a detailed report of the of compliance, uh, the compliance issue of these NGOs and MPOs that she was talking about, uh, that we know exactly what is going on in terms of of, of compliance. And um, I missed the the, the presentation, Gassis Toads, so I, she might have answered that I was having network problems. I just need to know that out of the 3.5. Uh, million applications of this 350, how many has been paid? And in an article in some newspaper, she mentioned that uh, there are also incomplete applications. Now I want to know that is it due to the people not being able to complete their applications for whatever reason or the people have just decided to stop applying? And yeah the people have experienced problems with continuing their applications, what are they going to do uh, in making sure that those people do want to continue with their applications and they do uh, continue with their applications? Mm -hmm. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Mwanya. Uh, Honorable Seka? Sure. Thank you, Chair. Um, Thank you for the presentation from the department. Um, we appreciate it. I just want to ask a few questions, Chair. The first is if um, Mr. Mchunu can just give a breakdown. I don't know um, if I missed it last week, um, but the, I wa it was indicated to me that in the Northern Cape, the food relief budget was depleted. And that is the reason why we're still struggling with that 100 families that we are trying to get food aid to. 
Um, secondly, I want to ask of the NGOs that is presented to us today, how many of them are receiving funding from DSD? And then um, the biggest problem that we're having that I want to highlight to the department again is that the biggest issue on the ground is that people do not know where to find aid and how to access that aid. Um, and then secondly, how to how um, community organizations such as churches um, can can get assistance from Sasa, uh, sorry, from the department on um, the food aid programs that they are having um, for for communities. What is what is a serious um, issue for us as uh, as the committee to to highlight again is that we need a serious long term strategy to ensure. Uh, food security to a bigger basket of need. Um, the, the UIF pay, payouts um, to people has been minimal. There are some people who has not received any UIF uh, payments. So although they are listed as people receiving uh, funding from somewhere, they still um, um, suffering food um, insecurity because they don't have an income. We've had several people calling us in the last two weeks that are not currently working, who has applied for UIF relief, are not getting a salary, and that are without food. Thank so you, Speaker. Okay. You can wrap up. You can wrap up. You can wrap up. Oh, so so the the long term strategy chair in terms of how do we um, all work together? I'm talking about the churches, the NGOs, and specifically for the department to give us an indication of how are they. Um, developing new strategies around Thank that, you. aside from the framework, the regulatory framework that they've explained. Thank you. Thank you. Honourable Panameva. Um, thank you very much, Chairperson, and thank you very much to, to all the presentations and the presenters. Um, I think I want to acknowledge that some good work is the, being done, but I do think that the amount of families that we are currently feeding is going to be a drop in the ocean. Um, of the amount of people that actually need assistance. And I want to go back to what the DM said um, earlier. The issue of duplication of food parcels is quite a big concern because we get reports of some families who are receiving multiple food parcels while others are not receiving any help. And I think this is something we need to look into and, and that strengthening and coordinating mechanism really needs to pr be prioritized so that we stop this duplication where some families are receiving a, a lot of help where others are not getting any help. On the issue of the slide about um, the undocumented migrants or migrants living in our country who are not getting support from government, I would like to know what is the uh, working arrangement between social development and home affairs in terms of possibly uh, relocating undocumented migrants to centres where they can be helped, like, for example, Lindela or the refugee centres. Because as I understand it, of course, social development cannot help undocumented migrants without the requisite um, documents and, uh, and ID documents or papers. So has there been any working arrangement between yourselves and Home Affairs? Also, what has been the talks with yourself and the embassies? Have they come forward uh, to offer support? And what type of support um, are they offering? Um, I heard about the monitoring. There's a very effective monitoring and evaluation of uh, food parcels. So if, if that is correct and we know exactly where each food parcel is going and for what purpose and to what ward and what family, then I think at one stage also, um, you know, I would like to see the department um, reporting or being able to report those who have abused 
uh, food relief and food parcels for political processes to the relevant authorities. Um, and I would like us to also maybe receive a report whether anybody has been held to account yet for abusing food parcels or the access to food relief. Um, the Acting Director General spoke about moving away from food parcels to vouchers. Again, I would like to get some time frames in this regard because I think it's very important that we uh, move to an easier way of, of helping our people and I definitely think this is a better option. Um, on the issue of the social relief of the stress grant, I need to be clarified on some of the numbers. We speak about the applications that we received. It's about 6.2 million. I'm almost can I continue? I'm almost done. Nobody's oh. close. Okay. Um, I want to ask about the social relief of the stress grant. We speak about the applications of 6.2 million, and then um, the CEO says that 750,000 people will be paid. Does this mean that um, almost 4.4 uh, almost or 5 million people, or how many people were then unsuccessful? Um, in, in applying for this grant, and, and is this largely due to the fact that they were already receiving help from elsewhere, or is it simply because they couldn't submit the, the necessary documentation? And I would like to know, when, with the reopening of SASA offices, have we made provision to receive applications for the new grant in person? Because I want to say again that by asking South Africans who do not have access to data or airtime, to apply for this new grant on WhatsApp or on the internet has excluded many people from accessing this grant or even being yes, able to success. on two minutes. Okay. Um, then I will submit the rest of my questions. Uh, yes, do. Thank you. <laughs> Thank um, you. Akbara Briet. Thank you, Akbara Voorzitter. Thank you, Chair. I think the MPO issue has been quite covered quite extensively, so I will, I will leave that. I would like to reiterate what Honorable Abrams said in terms of the ECDs. Um, you know, Dachsorg centrums, I'm not sure, daycare centers, um, and all of the rest. I'm receiving a lot of issues specifically with permitted and essential services where a mom and a dad are specifically essential services and family is not nearby to look after children. How, what is the plan in terms of that? I'm not seeing any regulations um, in level three either speaking to this. And, and I, I think really we need to assist those essential and permitted services to be able to continue with that. Um, and then chairperson, maybe just to, to hook onto what Honorable van der Merwe and the rest have said regarding the SRD grant, um, I've picked up a lot of people um, can submit, but they do not get to the stage where they can actually um, enter their banking details and are told that they would actually be able to, um, that that SASA will contact them back to actually double check that. I would like to find out then, um, are they, is SASA equipped to actually contact every, I think you said 3.5 people have been approved. How are you actually going to be assisting and, and contacting these people's, uh, people to, to verify their, their banking details and so, so forth? Um, specifically also speaking to um, payments in future, we are talking about um, the payments that were supposed to be made on the 15th, and I think Honorable Mugwenya mentioned that, um, but now we are, are in a process of actually um, paying them out from the beginning of the weekend and hopefully have 100,000 uh, paid by the end of this weekend. How are we envisioning June payments and, and further payments in this regard? Will it be a staggered approach? Will we ensure 
people actually get that these amounts. And uh, I would like to reiterate what Honorable Fandamarva said. Um, I think we need to to look at our local SASA offices as well to take away the stress of our systems that continually falter or or where you cannot actually, you know, the system. Baya, baya, Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Chairperson. Honorable Mangania. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. I've been covered by Honorable Stock. Thank you. Uh, Honorable Bilambolo, all the way from the Popo. Chairperson. Hello, hello. Hey, thank you very much. Uh, I just want to be a little bit biased, Chair. Uh, so I just want to get clarity from the uh, the department and also the the entities as to do we have a do the department and the agencies have a clear target that talks about the women empowerment in their in their APPs in order to address also the issue of GBV the issue of youth and people living with disabilities while addressing gender responsive planning, budgeting, monitoring, and evaluation in the department. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you. Honorable Chair, uh, Gillian, do you want to make some remarks? Chairperson? Yep. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear Okay, thank you very much, Jefferson. Let me welcome the presentations by the department and also thank the minister and the DM for the hard work. I can see there's a lot of improvement um, since the last report. Now, Jefferson, just um, <clears throat> I've got um, three issues. I just need to find out from the minister or the DG the issue of home visits that was not allowed from from the department to to, to the vulnerable to do the SASA applications. Um, when that service will be started again, then also the issue of the DSD food parcels that could not be delivered into areas where there was riots or stuff like that. Is the department looking into um, maybe give those communities some vouchers because they was prohibited to deliver the, the, the food parcels in those areas? And then my 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 big concern, Chairperson, is is the SASA officers and the elderly and the vulnerable people who is queuing in front of these officers and also people who are going there already during night time and it is cold now. Isn't there another way of how we can, can, can look into how we will assist those people that are, that are sitting in front of the officers throughout the night? Then lastly, Chairperson, I think um, 
we also need to get an update um, in our next meeting on the process of the 350 rand um, grant. A lot of uh, members have spoken into that, but there is also a good report that um, at least people are being attended to, but we need a breakdown and we also need that breakdown of why people <coughs> are being um, disqualified from this grant. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable Chair. Uh, Linton. Linton. Where is ATG? I'm here, uh, Honorable Chairperson. How many minutes do you need to wrap up? We could push for five, five to six minutes, Chairperson. Come on, da. do it that way. Thank you, Chair. <laughs> I will ask the CEO of SASA to go first, followed by Peter, and then I will address the remainder of the issues. Thank you very much, Honorable Chair. Thank you very much. It was important to first address the issue of uh, the officers uh, as to why uh, all the staff are not yet back. We were just on phase phase four in terms of the lockdown process, and the requirement was that we can only bring back 30% uh, of the staff. That's why the staff have not been fully there. We are now looking at just uh, strategy and looking at what are they, what capacity are we going to be able to bring. To the offices on, on level three, and we've also looked at what systems to put in place for people to be able to begin to make appointments so that we can ensure that there's no uh, sleeping over at the offices because people would, would know that they won't lose uh, their place in the queue. In terms of the medium term uh, that we're looking at, Chase, to make sure that people can begin to apply for grants uh, electronically particular grants, uh, for example, the charge grant, uh, we can link to home affairs system, also for the elderly, we can link to the home affairs system so that people can be able to do it differently and not have to come and queue at the offices. And that's the medium term uh, strategy that we have to make sure that we provide support. On, on the issue of payment, how often are we going to pay? As we clear people, we actually pay daily. We, we move this week, for example, as, as the first week we've done the payment twice because we don't do the payment of the special uh, grant once a month like we do the other grants. So as people apply, as they get processed, then we uh, 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 pull the, 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 the payment fund and we pay them because this grant is not in the soft payment system, which is difficult to, to, to actually check make changes because this is a, a, a completely different system. That's why it makes it uh, possible for us to pay continuously. On the people that don't have access to technology, we've been engaging at different NGOs together with them, but also NDA has given us in all the provinces, they've given us uh, the people that uh, they've been uh, using on the ground that are brought on board through the NGOs that will be helping those communities where people don't have access to technology to make sure that they can also apply. For those people that have applied this month, obviously they will continue to, 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 to get their benefit coming from this. For those that apply in future, and we've noted that the numbers have come Your down. Time is For those that apply in future, uh, if we don't 
that your, your grant actually kicks in at the time when, when you apply, but you'll be paid a monthly. For those that have applied this month, we'll pay them double because there's proof that they've already actually applied. On the issue of, um, I've indicated how we pay and the fact that the people that don't have, uh, those that uh, get, get kicked out as they try to put their banking details, what we will do for the first month, we'll deposit the money and we'll actually communicate with them using uh, SMS to indicate to them as to what, what the process is, where they can get their money whilst they uh, try to give us uh, their bank details. It's been interesting that 65% of people actually do have bank details and, may, and many have uh, actually uploaded them. On the, the, uh, the, the decision in terms of the allocation was that for first month, it is going to be a grant per child, but uh, beyond that, it would be to the caregiver. So that has was a decision that was already made and we've already created a system to implement that uh, that's has the, the, the amounts are different for month may and month and month june on the issue of home visits what well, the, the team is looking again at a risk adjusted uh, strategy to look at what is it that we can do for those people that require home visits as we move to 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 um, to phase three of of the process so that we can make sure that those people are, are also serviced i think i've tried to answer most of the questions that were we're asked, uh, including the issue. Of thank access. you, CEO, Linton. Thank you, CEO. Peter, you've got one minute. Okay, thanks very much, Chairperson uh, and members, and DM and Minister. We, with regard to the issue of food distribution, remember, uh, honorable members, we are guided by the directions uh, under the Disaster Management Act that prescribes what can be done and how we need to. Uh, to behave in terms of uh, whatever we are doing. It, at level three, it also prohibits sitting down in restaurants and others, meaning that even our CNDC cannot cook and people go and eat. So the knock and drop approach is to direct food to the household and limit um, the, the contacts between people. Even uh, all those that provide food need to adhere to this regulation. Throughout all nine provinces, the department is working with variety of NPOs, FBOs, CBOs, and soup kitchens, and they follow the directive appropriately. Um, the distribution of food takes place everywhere, but I think the issue where we are working with an NPO, they know what to do, and, and you might have heard how they distribute the food uh, to all those people that we have. The other issue is the issue of the coordination approach. There is strength coordination approach that we have with non-profit organizations that we always have. And even during this time, we get a lot of requests that they want to distribute there and we issue them uh, necessary documents to distribute food in those areas. Even the FBOs, they will say they want to go to Mamelodi. In the sections they want to distribute food, we allow them to do that and they report back to us. On the issues of undocumented migrants, you know, um, it's dicey. It's a very dicey situation. Uh, even if you go and say, come and eat, they won't come because they, they, they think that we are going to organize uh, um, police.
is to arrest them because they are undocumented. But we have been working with uh, international organization to deal with them including the, the Department of Health. Um, I think we that report in terms of which household, which ward. is something that we are working on. We're improving on what we have so that we can provide you with that like, okay. real-time data. Thank you. Thank you very much, Chair. Just to highlight a few points. One, we will continue to call on, um, on, 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 we will continue to raise the call for coordination on distribution of food parcels. We, we can't compromise on that. We, we appreciate very much so the work that is being done by NGOs. And we're saying that it's important that we do so in a dignified manner uh, and in a coordinated manner. It's fundamental. Secondly, um, we are of the view that um, uh, some, not all ECDs are ready. You know, our key concern is um, uh, the readiness uh, of ECDs and the safety of children. So, so we're looking into this and we are working on a plan to try and bring them up to a state of readiness. Uh, the other question asked around uh, social workers, the progress, I can uh, I can tell you now, uh, honorable members, that uh, in four provinces, there will be social workers starting to on the 1st of June. I can tell you that in the Northwest, in the Northern Cape, in Limpopo and the Eastern Cape, social workers, are, are the, the appointments have been finalized and they will start working. In the Free State, in Pumalanga, Kaiserin and Gauteng, the appointments had an advanced Stage and we look at starting to work in the middle of June as well. Um, I must also highlight that um, there is a long-term strategy for food chair. The issue is we're having to adjust it because of COVID. And, and because they are moving or evolving targets, it needs for us to really uh, find a way of, 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 of trying to, in a way, predict you, you, uh, where you, we anticipate the right food. But I must highlight also that this is why this is why collection is fundamental. It's, it's important. And not okay. only data from our centers, but data also from NPOs. Lastly, okay. Chair, I want to just say that with regards to um, vouchers, we've received a number of requests, um, and we are working on these, including the costings okay. thereof. But remember, we must bring uh, build okay. into into the monitoring and value uh, monitoring um, mechanisms, uh, particularly through real time data. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you. I was about to mute you. It's not fair. Honorable Minister, can we give you two to three minutes to deal with a number of issues, in particular the noise story? Minister? Uh, uh, thank, thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. I don't want to start with the noise uh, story. I'll deal with it at the end. I just want to make the statement that we are on a national effort to manage the current situation which we are finding ourselves in. We're not the only ones in the world that are going through this. But however, we need to work with each other, work with each other, and make sure that we support each other, uh, both as government, as NPOs, as NGOs, and everybody, and uh, uh, in particular, the work we need to do with yourselves as members of, of parliament, because you have your constituencies. And so when you raise issues with us here, we take the issues that you are raising very seriously, because we have to be uh, uh, accountable. But also, Chairperson, I want to say that COVID has happened and it has woken us uh, to a whole new way of doing things. And therefore, we need to re-engineer some of our systems. I don't want us to throw everything and, 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 and behave like as if some of our systems haven't uh, worked. Um, we need to make sure that our system responds to the felt needs um, of our people. I also want to say that we need to use our platforms 
to serve our people with dignity. So when I answer the question about the noise, it has absolutely nothing to do with me as a person uh, and my, my department also as an institution not respecting people. We will respond to people according to the way they also respond to us. Because I don't want us to deal to be political here on this platform. This for me, it's not the platform for me to be uh, political. It's a platform for me to respond and explain exactly what do we do. Fact of the matter is that there's lots and lots of people out there who are really doing their best to work with us. And this has been expressed by many of the members here. So we will continue to work with those. However, those who want to then occupy the platform and begin to make us feel like we are useless bunch of people who are not doing the work, I am not going to take kindly to that. And I'm not going to be apologetic when I'm responding to people who actually are not helping us in the, in the process. The other issue I, I, I want to deal with is that we must not forget that we have social protection reforms that we need to start doing, looking at seriously on the basis of what we have, has happened. We have social assistance system that is applauded generally, but is weakened now by the challenges that we are facing here. And therefore, my view is that we must respond in the short term, in the long term. But having said that, we must not lose sight of the fact that we have strategic plans which were adopted we have the annual plan which was adopted. What we need to do now as a department is to see the reprioritization of those plans, especially the annual plan, reprioritization of our budget, considering the fact that the first quarter of 2020 is actually gone and we've not been able to implement many of the things that we had planned to do. So we need to be held accountable in terms of the adjustments that we need to do. And those adjustments will be basing themselves also on the questions that members have, have, have asked here, our response to those plans, all the questions that were asked and the issue of uh, GBV and our response back to that, um, the issue of the special fund and how we are going to be coordinating with that. I think that um, we want to make sure that we adjust our plans to respond to the current situation. And as for the withdrawal of Kauteng, of the, of, the, of, 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 of the directives, this is what we normally do. We wait for the regulations to be uh, concluded and, and dealt with through COCTA, and we are part and parcel of the interministerial that works on those. So we have not even issued any directive towards a level three because we have to wait for the finalization, which has now been done. We will get to the platform and address our own directives. The fact that Kauteng withdrew, that's why I had a serious problem with us being taken to court on things that we had not done. Now it is said Kauteng has withdrawn. Kauteng should have been the first one to be taken uh, into court without bringing us, because now in the public, it created an unfair situation where it was being said, the department is stopping people from distributing food. We will never do that, but however we make the statement, our people are not guinea pigs for some other people. The food has to be proper. The food has to be as far as nutritional as possible. The food shouldn't have expired. And also we must make sure that the protocols of COVID 
are adhered to because nothing pains me than organizations that bring our people out to the streets without coordination, without discussion, and, and people end up uh, jostling and Thank pushing for food because they are hungry. Thank we need to respect our people and give them the dignity they deserve. Thank you, Minister. Honorable members, can we come? I, I think we have a long day, but my opening remarks in my closing remarks on the matter will be, I think as the state in general, we will always be accountable to our people unconditionally. And I think that is a, that is a, that is a constitutional requirement. Two, that uh, the issue of CBOs has been spoken about a lot in this meeting. I would request the department, which I know to have about 235 centers, to use those centers to interact with CBOs at those levels. And in the next meeting, give us a report, because the problem is that the fight tends to be between us between government and the intermediaries, not the CBOs exactly. So it is important, therefore, that the department takes initiative in those centers that are already established, in those localities, have discussions with the CBOs and actually collate what are the summary challenges that you come across from the CBOs themselves. And I think it's not a matter for discussion because I think it's a matter that the department, I think, can do. So that when we come here, we have a kind of report that includes to me the faith-based, uh, what to call, organization. On the GPV, Comrade Nguyenye, uh, Comrade Nguyenye, it's not a problem, fine. Uh, he, they know the reason where they come from. Honorable uh, Nguyenye spoke about GPV. That is an item in the next meeting. And I think it's a very, very important item. And thirdly, I would request honorable members, this committee should not discuss directives that are not in place. If we can be spared that. Because as a committee, we would want to interact with the direct of place and express our views. We are always entitled as a committee to express our views on any directives. But the key principles that we must agree upon the issues of safety, the issues of health standard, the issues of dignity, regulations or no regulations, those matters, we always have a duty to make sure that they are adhered to. At the end of the day, there are general lockdown regulations which all of us are supposed to abide by. And having said that, I think that is where we end on the matter. Again, I want to thank the honorable members for the difficult day, which has been constructively engaged on. Quickly, because the time is not on our side, there is a court, Northern, North Houghton court matter, the letter that critiqued the department on the inability to respond on the deadlines. I don't know whether the minister or the DG would actually make a short address where that, where that thing is quickly. Minister? Can the DG quickly deal with that? Thank you, Minister. Minister, I apologize. I'm really struggling to hear. If the chair could assist in please repeating the question, I sincerely apologize. 
It's about the Gauteng uh, High Court uh, decision and the fact that the committee had said to us they wanted a report on whether we did um, uh, adhere to the deadlines and all that and whether we had submitted the reports or not. And I responded to a letter to the chair. Can you just deal with that? The, 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 thank you very much, Chair. Um, the issue regarding the uh, the submission of the reports on foster care to the North Houghton High Court have uh, accordingly been met. Um, we have submitted both reports, the latest being uh, uh, earlier this week uh, and in March, I, I think it was March, the first report. So um, we have complied accordingly and uh, we've transmitted that accordingly. Thank you very much. Thank you, DJ. Members, can we close that matter at that level? Unless there's something too hot to be said about it, which will make a difference other than the situation that is being presented. Chair, may, may I ask a question? Yes, yes, sir. Um, I just want to know, is, is, is this linked to the letter that was um, sent on behalf of the committee last week? Which letter? To the cabinet. The letter that no, Chair said. No, no, remember, there is no letter that has been sent by the committee. Well, um, Chair, I received an info alert that said that the um, chairperson of the um, portfolio committee or the portfolio committee on social development has requested that the amendment bill be fast-tracked um, through cabinet. Can, can, we, can we deal with that differently? That matter, Honorable Seiker, we have it in hand. I thought we were going to table it here, but I'm worried about time. But it's a matter to me that can be addressed in the next meeting. I'm worried about time now. Let's separate that from what we're talking about now. What we're talking about, what we're talking about now is the complaint by the applicant on the Children's Amendment Bill regarding departments meeting the agreements as agreed during the extension to 2020 end of the year. There were agreement on the regular reports the department must give to court. So the applicant was saying that was not being adhered to. You know, I want to say it is being adhered to. That's a separate issue. Uh, can I say something, Chair, with your permission? Yes. Thank you very much. Um, there's just two, two things, Chair, that I'd like us to separate. The first one, in terms of the issues around the foster care, it's our compliance with the committee of which the acting DG has confirmed, so we've complied. The second part to the court order, uh, honorable members, it's the passing of the amendments of the Children's Act that will enable us to be able to actually implement what we yeah, call yeah, the yeah, kingship yeah, grant. Yeah, yes, yeah, Chair. Yeah, yes, yeah, Chair. Yeah, yeah, okay. I think we know what we're talking about. What we're saying is that there's a deadline the court gave on the Children's Amendment Bill. Mm. That we're working on, that's why there was an update last week mm. with regard to where the bill is at this point in time. Mm. There's a deadline to that, but there is an 
there is an issue of you guys having having been granted the extension that there are some, there are certain requirements of reporting and i think we've also told there's been no confusion of any issue please let's not go back there uh chairperson can i please come in before you close yes minister yes okay connie is there at least i can see she she's listening she will we will respond not today but uh, the other things that need to be done there's one plea i want to make a uh, chairperson because the issue of the noises and other things and and going to court and all we've got a problem where some of our documents even when they are still under discussion and so forth they get leaked and they mess up the entire process it's a plea from my side i don't want us to work on the basis of documents that are leaked by whoever who wants to leak uh, the documents it's a plea for me to say we've got formal processes, we've got formal procedures that we normally do. We respect the side of the committee. I would never try and get other people to go and leak information from the committee side or anybody else. It's a plea. If we want to work with each other very well and continue respecting each other the way we've been respecting with each other, it pains me when certain action is taken by some members on the basis of leaked information. If you want information, please kindly request us very officially and openly. We will give you the information that we think is necessary for us to give you, especially if we have not completed processes. That's my plea, Chairperson. Let's respect each other in this space. Uh, is there anyone who wants to? Uh, I'm trying to close. Is there anyone who wants to address the matter? Yes, Chair. I was yes. Um, propose that you close the meeting at that note. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, Chair? Yes? No, Chair. I, I, may I say something just for half a minute, Chair? Yes. I want to agree with what Minister Lindy Wezulu has said. And I think today, when we dealt with the issue of food distribution, it is an emotive issue. And being on the ground is really tough for many of us, specifically for me, and when I, I know from my experience, and I'm certain for everybody else. But I want to take uh, what the minister has said on board. On Tuesday, I was at Tigerberg Hospital, and I want to share it with the committee. We do have to unify with um, um, COVID-19. We do need to unify our nation as well. And so I want to assure the minister that yes, we do understand there are gaps that we are highlighting here, but we do appreciate as well the fact that we're dealing with human beings that are working long hours under tremendous stress. And if that has not come across today, I do apologize. The gaps on the ground does affect all of us, but I oh, no, do take your... Yes, sir. I'm saying addressing these matters is not an event. With the powers vested in me, can I declare the meeting closed? Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you. Thank you, Chairperson. I love you. Thank you, Thank you. Bye bye. Hi, Mama Jane. Thank mm -hmm. you.